Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch community, and welcome to part three of a special edition we are doing called The Problem With. And so I have a problem with Josh Harrell, and I have a problem with Will Steinberg, who are here today for part of the conversation, and I really don't have a problem with you guys. Hello. Hey, y'all. How's it going? Hey, hey, hey. Okay, so we got a a plural, hey, y'all, how's it going? I mean, because this is Will's third time, so it's like a y'all, and then... The hey hey hey. So. hey, hey, hey. Is that going to be your standard? Sure. Why not? Is that, <laughs> is that like, was that more of a Matthew McConaughey or more of a Fat Albert? I think for more of my personality, probably a Fat Albert. Because <laughs> <laughs> Matthew McConaughey is all right, all right, all oh, right. Oh, that's right. See, don't even listen to me. I don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, like, he doesn't go, when you think hey, of my hey, personality, hey. I mean, come on. Do we think of like the seriousness or the hey, hey, hey? No, I don't think of that either. <laughs> I, I think more of a Will Ferrell ish. I could see that. Yeah. 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 I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> you got the curly hair for it, too. So, hey, welcome, guys. Glad you're here. Um, so, um, listener, if this is your first time in the last couple of episodes that you've tuned in, we are doing this special edition called The Problem With, and we're we're talking about um, overarching this, this problem with that I discovered, and then I invited these two guys into the conversation. Um primarily with an organization called the Council of Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. And so we've been kind of looking at some of the aspects that come out of that, different leaders, um, uh, the issues of of masculinity and femininity. Uh, We get into the conversation of complementarianism and egalitarianism and how that is on a spectrum for sure. And you can go really hardcore either way. Um, And so we're we're talking about all these different things. And this is the third episode. third part to to this and um today our primary conversation which who knows where the lord will take us is the problem with either or the Mm. problem with you got to go either or you got to be complementarian or you got to be egalitarian and what's the problem with that in and of itself um which i think it seems as if in the last two um parts that we've talked the three of us have talked we all kind of are like, yeah, I've got a problem with that because it it put, it either puts us as individuals in a certain spot or just in general it makes the conversation difficult. So we're going to mm-hmm. go into that. Um, so, But in each episode, this is what we'll be doing. And so um, I'm glad you guys are here. Uh, Will, thank you for being a part of this third time. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. So as soon as you make some friends, you could encourage them to listen to the podcast absolutely so um we'll be praying for that absolutely so, they just gotta, got, they've just got to accept how i sound like on a podcast too because i'm still like processing like how he I probably feel has about more it. friends than me and you combined. well probably but newsflash how you sound on the podcast is, is how, how your you friends sound. hear you so mm. they already if they're your friends already mm. it's all good it's all good so the problem <laughs> with either or hey before we jump into that let me just say we are like last week we recorded um, in the evening during um, VBS and uh, our middle school mission week, when all the students were in another building having dinner, we had a little chunk of time where we could record with relative silence um, throughout the building. So this week, it's our high school mission week, mm-hmm, and um, mm-hmm. they are out and about and working. I know both of y'all were amongst them yesterday. 
uh, will you work at Living Bridges, mm-hmm. uh, one of our community ministry partners for sure. And Josh was out capturing all this stuff for, for media. So yep. any anything y'all want to throw in about our mission week before we get into today's topic? You know, the kids just, kids, students are really just diving in and doing whatever's asked of them. And, you know, it takes a special kind of um, student to be willing to do mm-hmm. that. Yep. You know? And even taking the because everyone wants to go on a trip somewhere right Mm -hmm. so they're willing to do things that they're not normally comfortable doing to get to go somewhere yeah so this group is kids were staying in valdosta yeah this group (laughs) is special i think because not only are they not going on this elaborate trip 10 hours away to do mission work so far out of their comfort zone that it makes it easier right exactly 100 percent. it does make it easier on those trips but they're staying home, away from home, here at the church for four days or something like that, mm-hmm. going to do these places to where people they know see them. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes that it's easier to serve. For me, yep. when I was younger, it was easier to serve when no one knew who I was. Yeah, Let's never go on a see prayer walk. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll go on a mm-hmm. prayer walk with no one who knows me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Oh, I'll go or share gospel for. to someone that I've yeah. never met or and will never see again. Yeah. You know? What's so, your... Yeah. This group's special, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was with them up there, at, um, like Shannon said, at Living Bridges yesterday, and I, I was really just just impressed. Like, they, they started, just jumped, like, both feet mm-hmm. in, um, didn't hesitate to help out with anything, very proactive, not just like, okay, finish one task, and then, like, I'm done. It's like, what else mm-hmm. can I help you with? Mm-hmm. What else can I be doing? And the same thing. It's like, it's so much easier to, like, share the gospel and talk to somebody about Jesus, you know? Like, I think about um, our high school trip, you know, going up to mm-hmm. Boston, Massachusetts, yeah. and there's oh, some yeah. stranger on a subway <laughs> that I'm never going to see again. Hey, can I talk to you about Jesus? <laughs> can I can talk I pray to you about you? Jesus real quick? Um, <laughs> I'm from down south. <laughs> um, we want to help you Yankees find Jesus. Exactly. But these people, you know, these are their friends and family and mm-hmm. people in their community, and that takes a different, like, level of boldness. And it was, I was very encouraged just to see how willing and faithful they were and their their service yesterday. And it mm-hmm. just, I guess it's a cheesy little cliche cliche saying. It it made my heart smile. It did. <laughs> it did. Um, you know, I've heard this repeatedly when I was doing student ministry. Since Justin has been leading student ministry, uh, we've gone with different mission organizations to go do things. Uh, we used AIM for a long time, and then we've used. Um, James Cook, who actually was in AIM, and then he came out and started his own mm-hmm. uh, missions group. Um, and I've heard this repeatedly. So 20-plus years now, when our groups go out, I hear from the other leaders and the organizations are with, they're just like, the students, your students are just, they're saying, what can I do? What can I do? And this might sound like I'm tooting my own horn or patting my back, and I don't mean it that way, or Justin's for that matter. But I do believe there's something in the DNA of the ministry of the, the, the church that instills that in the students mm-hmm. so that when they go out, it's not like Justin's having to give a speech on the van right before they get out to go serve and go, listen, y'all, you better, <laughs> you know, like I've, I'd never had to do that. Um, I think there's something in the day-to-day. I think it's in the sermons. I think it's in the ministry, um, in the heart of the people 
that we're going to love other people in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's going to be shoveling dirt and sorting underwear. Yeah. Um, and, and all these different things. Hopefully not at dirt underwear with dirt in it because that's not that's We not found fun. some weird stuff in Bayou La Battery. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Time. You mean when I stayed in an attic? Yeah. Oh. Y'all had us stay in an attic? Um, hey, that let's talk about that, Josh. Let's talk listen, about that. Can, listen, <laughs> I... I've done a lot of mission trips. We took, um, so I took a young adult group to New Orleans right after Katrina. Mm. So Katrina hit um, Labor Day weekend of whatever year that was, 05 maybe. Yeah, um, Yeah, that sounds And right. so I took a group in November of young adults and we did work and it was, it was, it was a lot of hard work. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were having to wear the suits and everything. That summer we took our students, our high school students back to New Orleans and we worked with a whole bunch of other groups, and we stayed at this place. And the guys, the, after the first night, uh, we all came to breakfast, and all the guys were like, oh, my gosh, it was so cold in the gym last night. I was freezing. And us girls were mad. This is this is why I'm an egalitarian. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, because we were in an attic space um, that had no uh, airflow conduits. And one of my leaders, Sally Woods, mm-hmm had you know she always brought like a first aid kit whatnot the thermometer to take someone's temperature was registering temperature in the room like in the high 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 90s low hundreds that is how hot it was and so and it wasn't just our group it was another group and so we were livid well that night they put a partition up in the gym and the girls got a spot i was like equality now we're gonna die up there so uh anyway i see i I can turn the conversation around every time no Mm -hmm. matter what it is but back to the point our students kick butt what were Mm -hmm. you gonna say josh and i was gonna give a shout out to whoever kind of started this culture of doing mission trips instead of like going to camp Mm-hmm. Yeah, that right? was my predecessor. Um, Not that there's anything wrong with going with camp, but no, but, but there's a service mentality. That's, going to serve as opposed mm-hmm. to going somewhere to be served is a complete for sure. Yep, putting the ministry, the student ministry, on mm-hmm. its head. Mm-hmm. Not not so not so much here anymore because we have such a service mentality with our students. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it it is a complete shift for a student to go from yep. being served to serving. Yeah. That that week to give up in the summer is valuable now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My the my predecessor at when we were downtown uh, is was Pam Goff, and uh, she had a she did a phenomenal job. I mean, the Lord used her and her husband Chris. Um, I really think to bring revival and uh, a sense of serving and mission. Um, and I, I really think it's. I mean, whenever I tell the story of the porch, mm-hmm. she and Chris are part of it. Um, because God set a foundation with them mm-hmm. and amongst those students who ended up being college students and young adults. And um, that was that was kind of her thing was we're going to go serve. And so she set that up. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway. They do a jam-up job. And it's, I'm sure, you know, for y'all to be you know, in leadership, it's, it's refreshing to see that yes. y'all's, or not y'all's, but our, mm-hmm. you know, mission statement yep. is not just two lines on a t-shirt but it's actually being done following jesus for our community mm-hmm. praise the lord you know, me and the staff talks about it all the time you know we get so dog tired in weeks like vbs mission trip and and uh like jesus, jesus life. life but mm-hmm. also we're also just as rejuvenated mm-hmm. by those weeks at seeing the church live out 
what what they say they're going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, we're exhausted, but then when we also when we get back around the table, we're just excited. And like, all right, what we're we doing next? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So um, the problem with either or in this conversation that we've been having. Um, I really want to hear from you guys first. I mean, I got notes and stuff, but I, I really want to hear y'all's take. So, Will, how about you kick it off? So, I don't know what kind of notes and stuff you put together, but when we talk about this, mm-hmm. what are the problems with going, you got to be one or the other? I'm just going to not get on a soapbox, but I guess just like, get I just on the, talk. Step, I'm just going to let, let, let the spirit lead me in this one. Because like, I think I got an idea of something I want to say, but just going to. Just going to roll with it. So, like, you know, in this podcast we've talked about, we kind of aired it out, what it means to be, you know, the complementarian or an egalitarian or respective in those groups or on that side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. We've discussed the qualifications for church leadership and how people like us and then even how some, like, prominent figures in, like, the theological evangelical realm interpret that to they how they define what that is. Mm-hmm. But, like, looking back and kind of just praying about the last two episodes that we've had and kind of what's I feel like been the recurring theme and like the, just the common denominator throughout is that it's we're putting this emphasis on the either or and just to be quite frank on secondary issues mm-hmm. in the Bible <laughs> so like there are 100% yes. things that are you know primary no questions asked definite truths of the Bible you know the gospel you know period you know the trinity salvation by faith alone the mm-hmm. sinlessness of Christ, his death, his resurrection, and his second coming. But with that, we have those for sures, absolutely no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But there are also things that are like secondary and, and even like tertiary mm-hmm. issues mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or debates when it comes to, to our theology. So I guess when I'm sitting here thinking is, okay, so the question now becomes, where do you draw the line? <clears throat> You know where is that doctrinal divide that we're that we're looking for, mm-hmm. um, and I guess just to kind of sum this up, it's like you know, the gender of a leader in your church is not a primary deal breaker worth dying on that hill issue, and when I think about how we take that, no matter which side mm-hmm. of that spectrum that you're going to be on, um, it comes with a problem, and it, honestly, it reminds me of kind of just like cancel culture in a way how people are on each side of the spectrum looking at the other and it makes me think and Mm -hmm. it comes to me like okay nobody is beyond correction Mm. okay now granted we might not agree on everything but nobody's beyond correction or guidance in Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. and something the belief or interpretation that may have in the moment that we stop believing that that is the moment (laughs) <laughs> that we we quench the Holy Spirit. It's the moment when we now start to portray God's grace as this like perk that's limited to those in this elitist, you, holier than mm. thou like club. Um, and I was sitting yep. back here and thinking about this, and I, I heard something from from someone I, I truly uh, deeply respect as a Bible teacher and an ambassador uh, just for the gospel, especially among like the unchurched and the ex-churched crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure y'all have um, heard of her. It's Jackie Hill Perry. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I honestly just love how blunt she is. And she's like, <laughs> I'm not here to make you feel good about yourself. I'm here to tell you about the truth. Um, but just kind of just paraphrase that something that she said. It was, um, I'm willing to bet kind of how she was saying, she says, I'm willing to bet that probably one of the biggest reasons that 
us Christians are so quick to like categorize and cancel another Christian is because that the other person is actually exposing and bringing to light their own idols. So let me elaborate on that. So what I mean by that is that we will have something that is like just taking up so much real estate in our minds that everything we do, even if our intentions are great, we, we now can only see that through the lens of that thing. So, like in this case, that's the interpretation of a certain passage of scripture. You're so reading my mail right now. Am the, I? If you, I mean, when I share the notes that I have, you're going to be like, mm-hmm. uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Shannon. Because I got some confessions to make today. Yeah. So, so. It's, <laughs> when I go, like an example of that would be, so like say we move to a new city, right? Okay. We're looking for a church. Uh, we find one and we're going to go listen to the pastor and we're going to know, decide if we like it here, if they're a faithful preacher of the word, right? Mm-hmm. But we listen to the sermon and the first thing we ask her, well, do they believe that a woman can be a pastor? Well, you know, do they believe that dunking is the only real way to, mm. to baptize somebody? What's their belief on tongues? What's their interpretation of that? Or even like we've talked about in this podcast before, or what translation of the Bible did they read mm-hmm. from? Mm-hmm. You know, all these secondary and tertiary issues. And, it's those questions that we're asking. It's not, you know. You're asking those first. <laughs> you're asking those first rather than the questions we should be asking. You know, do they believe in the triune God? Do they believe mm. in the supremacy of Christ? Do they believe that, you know, one is saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone? Mm-hmm. And it's just there are so many things that we hold close to us and cling to that are not the gospel. Mm-hmm. We hold it so close that that it becomes part of our identity. So so naturally, when anybody disagrees or challenges us on that particular belief or interpretation, we now take that as a personal attack on us mm-hmm. because we've made it part of our identity. So it's, it becomes like, okay, well, the way I'm going to you know, suppress my own insecurities and like, maintain my, this appearance of self-righteousness is to point the finger at you or point the finger at the other side and tell you how you were wrong. It's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's, we are not defined by our own knowledge mm-hmm. or our own intelligence. We are defined by Jesus' scars. You know, it's because of the stripes on his back that mm-hmm. I'm forgiven. It's because of the holes in his hands that I'm eternally loved. It's because of the thorns in his head that I am a redeemed child of the almighty, Amen. sovereign, merciful, loving God. Amen. And all that, and I'll get off my soapbox here. No, you can stay on it. It all begs the question. Is my ultimate goal to see a transformed heart or for that person to tell me that I'm right? Ooh. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. was my two cents on that. Yep. Well, I, I think we're done. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, go and hit your knees and, and uh, repent. And, and uh, yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, repeat that last last line. It's a, it. All that, all what we've been talking about, it all comes down to that one question. It's, mm. Is my ultimate goal mm-hmm. to see a transformed heart or for that person to tell me that I'm right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all this, I know some people are probably reading this like, ooh, that hits me in the heart. But I am just as guilty oh, yeah. as anybody else. Sure. Mm-hmm. Granted, for some people, it's going to be something depend- different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But absolutely every single one of us and that's one of the things like i was sitting here like praying about that you know this morning like driving in just like like lord just kind of give me the wisdom of what you want me Mm -hmm. to say um 
And just, I, I mean, I think that's, that sums it up. Well, it mm-hmm. does. And and so last night I'm up here, uh, we're up here uh, mm-hmm. for, yeah, I just came in, you know, Mission Week, and I knew they were wrapping up, and Josh was up here, and and I pulled him aside and I said, listen, I, I'm ready to, I, I think we need to pull the plug on this whole, episode, on this whole conversation. I said, I just, I don't want to, I, I don't want to um, beat that horse. And I, I'm afraid that I'm coming off as um, this is the only way and everyone else is wrong and kind of like a jerk or whatever. And he said, well, I don't, I don't think you are. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, thanks. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what else you said, but it was like, I don't know, fill in. It it was, uh, you weren't coming off as a jerk. You're just very educated it, in this. Well, for, for my motivation yes. behind that. So, and yeah. I'll, I'll mention that in a minute that when I do my confession, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do have a lot of info. Yeah. 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 Um, and though you said you felt like, I just wish I was, I had a little more you know, speaking, not, speaking yeah. of me, yes, yeah, 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 a little bit more education yeah. on it. Yeah, and and let me say this: uh, your points that you're making there are really good, Will. And and this is a a um, a struggle, I guess, with having a podcast mm-hmm. from the church perspective, and as a pastor and as a ministry. Mm. Why do we even call it? the 167, you know, it's to equip people and encourage them when they're away, when they're not in the worship setting or whatever, um, is okay. What kind of content are we going to bring in this, uh, forum? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, is it, uh, you know, is it going to be preachy? Is it going to be teachy? Is it going to be informy? I just made up some words. Um, but like, (laughs) what's the point of it? And that's even like been kind of a, a struggle for me going, all right, what's the point? Mm-hmm. What's the point mm-hmm. of this? Yeah. And um, so I'm still in that place of struggle. Yeah. So we're going to carry the conversation out. But, you know, and I want to, I'm giving it to you now, Josh, but I wanted to point that out that even in what you're saying, it's not even about like the maybe out there, the well known camps of complementarians or the yeah. well known camp of egalitarians um, and the whole, you know, primary, secondary, tertiary whatever you know, fourth year um, <laughs> um i'm sure there's an actual term i about to say i wish i knew what that yeah. word was <laughs> um yeah but but even out there but like even in like the production of this podcast it's like what what do we want to accomplish mm-hmm. so that's something to talk about so yeah I, I think this is a very good educational series because the normal churchgoer don't even know what these terms mean yeah. And it doesn't even go into their lexicon unless they really start digging into outs, outside materials. Yeah. And this is and that's when they need us to have explained this so we can direct them to mm. Yeah. Part of my struggle is do, do we? <laughs> you know, it's almost like I and, and I'm just I'm just being very, you know, transparent in that regard. Like sometimes I go, is this worth even shining light on? Yeah. But I don't want to be like an ostrich and I want to stick my head in the sand either right. because mm-hmm. it's going to come up. Well, I it's, mean, it's going to come up because someone's going to be given a John Piper book. Sure. And then, and then I go back to John Piper mm-hmm. because he's, obviously I mean, he's very well known, very well very... known. And people give out his books like candy. Mm-hmm. So they're going to read something to go and he's going to have a, either a whole chapter dedicated to it or an offshoot line that makes people question, well, what is this? Mm-hmm. And then if they, and if 
that is just the information that they're getting, they're only getting one side of it. True. So that's so why, if there's someone connected with us in our church, then here's an opportunity to go. To, to get, okay, maybe there's another way to look at it besides. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like you said, it gives the, anyway. the educational opportunity yeah. too, because yeah. you have somebody that's young um, in their faith journey, mm-hmm. and for you know, for I know a lot of people growing up, like a lot of my friends and stuff, and it was it was for sure like what what the preacher said, you know, that went. So yeah. you know. At least referring to, like, your local mm-hmm, Sunday morning sure. pastor. So when it comes to, like, exploring other, you know, theologians mm-hmm. or people um, just in the Christian realm and seeing a part of something that you don't necessarily jive with mm-hmm. all the way. It's not everything. It's, like I said, we've talked about in this podcast. It's giving people um, and informing them, like, well, and we've said it multiple times, you know, that endless search for the person that you're going to agree on every single thing with, <laughs> you're, not you're, gonna, you're never going to find yeah. it. You will so we don't have to uh, dismiss if you call on the name of Jesus. Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> and we don't have to just dismiss everything. Because if you do that, you're going to be left with absolutely no resources mm-hmm. that you can study from Nothing. apart from the Bible, you know? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and it's almost like, I don't know about it if it is for you with this will, but it was for me, and I, and I do see this with um, <clears throat> other guys. But about college is when they start looking into like secondary issues mm-hmm. and like actually researching why the Methodists do something one way, why the Baptists do certain mm-hmm. things another way, and why non-denominationalists pull from both places. And, yeah, and they do what they do, you know. So it's it's really a time of searching is when they find this stuff out, and if they don't get a um, well, they're hearing from someone different if they've moved away. Yep, they're not exactly. hearing from a home pastor. Mm-hmm. They're hearing a campus pastor or student leader. Yeah. Yeah. And so if they're only hearing like a one-sided take of it, you know, in any form of education or academia, one-sided explanation mm-hmm. is not good enough. Yeah. And let's take into account that in that 18 to 24-year-old range, um, there is a you know, there's a, there's a stepping into adulthood, mm-hmm. but almost like, it's almost to me like a, it's, it's very similar to the, the puberty years, you know, the 11, 12, 13 year old years of but for your brain. Yeah. Of, I know mom, dad, you don't know what you're talking about. I I'm smarter mm-hmm. than you. Mm-hmm. And I see in the 18, 24 year old range in some, not, not across the board, this, um, you know, I now know more than you because I went away to college and I was a part of this campus ministry for one semester and I've come home for Christmas <laughs> break and now I know more than you, pastor yeah. or So-and-so. leader yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's that kind of mentality of I just got some new information and I really like it and I'm going to run with it. And so there's a... Yeah, it's a spiritual a, puberty it's a, almost. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's like a spiritual puberty. And we you just know it's coined true. That yeah. It's not just limited to... to your faith, you know, no. it's happening everywhere no. with your yeah. college professors. You know, you're going to see, see like a new it, perspective from every political yeah, and social emotional issue. puberty, exactly. political puberty. Right. Someone's going, please quit saying puberty. <laughs> puberty. Remember, y'all take it easy on us college kids. We're going through a lot right now. Well, a lot right, of and, I, and, and right, and I didn't mean to. Yeah, yeah, and I certainly wasn't like throwing stones, but oh, I've just no, no, seen no, that. I, I mean, but, are you in agreement with oh, that? I'm in completely in agreement, yeah. and that's why I bring up like the professor saying because just like mm-hmm. you're hearing all these new things from your professors mm-hmm. and even and seminary yes, there's a seminary puberty too and it doesn't matter how old you are if you start going to seminary mm-hmm. people start going oh well i'm reading a book yeah sorry go ahead. and and i bet that it is well i mean <laughs> yeah. i know i've seen that too yeah I, I know it's different when you move off i mean i was over at uga uh-huh. in my freshman year of college and i experienced you know 
very new very church, different ministry, yeah. different takes from in the church and then all the way back to like I said the social and political issues Oof. but also too it can, but now that I'm back at VSU still hearing different perspectives oh, gotcha. and so you know people that even though they've never left the city of Valdosta they're still hearing all these new different oh, yeah. ideas perspectives and takes on these things so why would that just be limited to the political Reli- issues yeah. of the world mm-hmm. it most definitely 100% applies to our faith as well mm-hmm. josh what what um thoughts did you have regarding the the problem with the whole either or in, in these conversations you, you know this is a different take like this is a different set of issues to deal with that i'm going to bring up so i was talking to a couple of my buddies we were playing call of duty <laughs> and one of them's associate pastor one of them's lead pastor and one of them's a youth pastor so while you're shooting people yeah we're talking we're talking uh-huh. about complementarianism and egalitarianism <laughs> and one thing that they're talking one thing that um the one that uh has been in ministry longest said it used to not be a question in an interview uh, if you're oh, egalitarian yeah. or complementarian now it is a question as soon as they ask you do you believe in the trinity you can't escape it yeah you can't it's it is the number one second tier mm-hmm. after the trinity like after you deal with all the primary stuff. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. So like talking yeah. about Jesus and all that. Once you settle the primary stuff, the mm-hmm. number one secondary mm-hmm. is complementarian and egalitarianism. Mm-hmm. And the and if and if you're not in one of those camps, depending on where the church is, the conversation stops. Yeah. Mm. And I could just be an uh, uninformed here, um, and or maybe it's because and there's you even know, some that. Uh, when you get hired, you sign saying that you agree with the Council of Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. Yeah, well, I know the Baptist Faith and Message um, made that part of their mm-hmm. uh, statement in, I've got it somewhere in my notes, like 08 or something yeah. like that, um, about complementarianism. Mm-hmm. And that it's part of their deal. If you're in the SBC, that's something you adhere to, which is why it was such a big deal when um, Saddleback... Mm-hmm. Uh, ordained mm-hmm. women because yep. mm-hmm. they were part of the SBC. But going back to your thing, when I said I think I might be uninformed, is that's not a question that I've ever been asked. But I've only worked in a Methodist church, and now here we're at non-denom. But I happen to be a female pastor. But in our um, uh, faith and practice that we have in place um, for us, uh, there is language in there that that it's not. It, there's nothing that says egalitarian, but it says that we believe that, you know, uh, all persons are uh, capable, you know, that we find that everyone, uh, it doesn't even say men or women, it just says all persons are able yeah. to, I know it does say men and women, it does, um, to serve in any level of leadership or pastoral role in the church, mm-hmm. period, the end, nothing about, uh, you know, other stuff. But the question I would ask is, so I don't know if that's a question in I would think because of the egalitarian mindset mm-hmm. of anybody come on, then then that's not a question. But then you would see how that would be a question in a complementarian camp because, you know, mm-hmm. that's where the restriction comes in on men and women and the ability to serve in ministry. I could and, be wrong. I'm and guessing. one interesting uh, tidbit is that the church, the church that the guy's a senior pastor at, um, depending on the level of minister you're going to be uh-huh. determines whether it's a question <laughs> right if you're a kid's pastor kids doesn't pastor matter. doesn't matter yeah uh, youth pastor doesn't matter worship yeah. pastor. young adult pastor maybe yeah but yeah so associate y- young adult 
uh, family uh-huh. associate lead. Like mm-hmm. it, it is, it is a yes or no, like it is a wow. You're eligible or you're not eligible. Yeah. So, is it, do you have a problem with that? I mean, kind of, because I don't see myself. I have tendencies of both, mm-hmm. so I can't give a straight answer mm-hmm. on what I am. And they'd be like, "Well, you'll be a fine media pastor, but you will never." No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I don't plan on going anywhere anytime soon, but. Like yeah. the the way I view my spiritual lens is right now I can't be in one camp. Mm-hmm. And ten years ago I was easily in the complementarian camp because I didn't know there was another option. Mm-hmm. Like complementary, Jesus was a complementarian, you know. But obviously that's not the case. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm still navigating, and I don't navigate it very much because I don't think it's that important. To, right. a, to a degree. Right. For sure. Like, and, easy to say I lean more to egalitarian right now because Shannon is my pastor. Mm-hmm. And I submit under her authority. Easily, that that was an easy set. To say that I have egalitarian tendencies is easy now. Yeah. Like, day one. Okay, cool. You know, I heard her preach. Makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And so, but to say I'm all in one camp is is would be a lie which yeah. i think that even brings up the whole point of the problem with either or exactly it's like just because you heard a female pastor and you're like okay or your current employment is the the, the mm-hmm. lead pastor is a female it makes you automatically egalitarian it's like just the terms are so and i know i use them too because that's all we have but that's yeah. part of the the thing that we're, we're dealing with you were going to say something maybe yeah it's just just like you're saying just the to try to put everything in one camp, all mm-hmm. of yourself in one camp. And I think we do the exact same thing with God. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And what I mean by that is we will try, and just like I think I said earlier, you know, is we we push that doctrinal divide or we decide where we're going to draw the line when like accept, accepting mm-hmm. someone as a faithful teacher or an acceptable teacher of the word. Mm-hmm. Um, and it depends on what, what issue we're going to hold closest to our heart, what interpretation that we're going to hold close to our heart. Biggest thing (laughs) I see that it just, it it makes my blood boil is when we do that in like come November. And what I mean is come election season. It's like, well, you know what? Jesus would have voted for this person. And like, you've got that, like, you know, that one like distant aunt or something who's got a picture of like, you know, like God holding Donald Trump the hugging the president. American flag yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. It's like, God would have voted for Trump. And this is in no way a political, <laughs> taking a political sense. That is just an example, a, a quite literal example of something yes, that I've seen on yeah. Facebook. Mm-hmm. Well, I, Y'all don't take that and run with that. I've seen it's a political of, message. I've <laughs> seen pictures of Jesus holding everybody in political power. Exactly. It's like, who are we to define nobody. God? And we, we I was reading... I was doing a study in James 4 last night and it's talking about the Lord and the Lord in that sense referring to him as Yahweh. Yahweh meaning mm. the creator, the sustainer of the universe. The <laughs> the man who put all of this into place and holds it into place, who are we to try to squeeze him into a box? You just called him a man. That's I'm <laughs> offended. I mean, he did just put him in the man box. <laughs> 
to try to put him uh-huh. in a box yep. of something that our own minds have Mm-mm. have come up with and to try to limit him and limit his goodness and his grace to man-made terms you know, that blows my mind. Well, you know, but I agree with you. And you know when all that started in the garden. Oh, I'm not supposed to do that. Creator and sustainer of all things. Mm-hmm. Holy being that is, you know, <laughs> Oh, I'm not so. Oh, I'm gonna try it anyway. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna check it out. Hey, Adam, come here. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> and and then it just all just went to crap. I mean, yeah, like yeah. it's just and, been and downhill so, from there. Y'all. Yeah, this is we just roll into. I mean, that's when sin entered into the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, other, anything else you want to throw in on, like, the either or, like, the problem that you see? Not anything else as if you can't talk anymore, but just, I'm trying to keep us a little on topic. Yeah. And, um, no, I, I just, uh, even, like, people that would say that they're um, pretty solid complementarians, mm-hmm. they think it's ridiculous that it determines to whether they get a job or not, that they, that they can check that box. Wow. At least... Like some of the people, yeah. ministry people you talked to. Now he said, "Lead pastors. It makes sense because you're following the discipline that the church is set." Mm-hmm. Adhering so, to. Yeah. So he said that makes sense, but it, it, for anyone else, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And to the point where, so you hire, and this this is an example he gave me. He's like, "You're going to hire an associate pastor at forty thousand dollars a year." Well, you expect his wife to be a homemaker <laughs> and to stay at home. It's so like, that's go ahead not, and sign them up for food stamps yeah, or so, whatever else if they have children. So I mean. <laughs> if 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 you believe that that much, then you have to give him another thirty thousand mm. dollars to offset mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But they're not willing to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. That's a good point I hadn't thought of. Yeah, yeah. So, um, first of all, I agree that there is a problem with either or for sure. Um, it's right here in my notes. Well, it is not of first level importance to the church at all by mm-hmm. any shape, uh, any way at all. Um, here's one thing I was thinking about in regard to all the study, like you mentioned, Josh, and research and stuff that I've done out of interest, but I'll, I'll go to that in a minute too. But I can totally see how, because I've been like praying. I was praying the other night. I was like, okay, Lord, is this of benefit to the church? Is this of benefit to the kingdom because if it's a distraction or taking away then we'll we'll pull that plug yeah. real fast um and one of the things that uh i came away from i was just writing some stuff down was that i totally see how i, I first wrote if but then i know the reality is probably when um someone might come to our church in particular uh with some scars or some hurt uh, from an experience where they were not treated as a true co-heir with Christ, mm-hmm. uh, maybe more as like the, the second tier heir of Christ, yeah. um, where they were not viewed as worthy of serving God in all mm-hmm. capacities. Mm-hmm. I can totally see how God has equipped me and given me the opportunity to help people uh, walk through that. Mm-hmm. So I was, I, I just felt like God was kind of affirming for me, like, okay, yes, you've read all this and you looked at all this and you looked at these things. Here's here's how it is of kingdom worth. So yeah. I was like, okay, thank you, Lord. Um, now, with the problem with either or, I I have seen, and there's probably more, but there are two what I would say two key characteristics that repeatedly show up, um, and are quite bothersome 
um, <laughs> about some of these main characters. And we've already mentioned some of them. Um, some are much more well-known than others, you know, like mm-hmm. the Piper and like Wayne Grudem. I'm, I am versed on y'all didn't had never heard of him, but, um, his name's out there when you start to do the reading, you know. Um, but one of the, these two key characteristics in all the reading and research I've done, and, and before I'll tell you the characteristics, confession time, I confess that I am afflicted by these same two things. <laughs> so there's that. And you know that whole deal about how what really irritates you about other people is about is because it's stuff that you see in your own life? Oh, no. Uh, Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay, so I'm not speaking to just nobody. So so here are the two uh, main characteristics that I've seen that just really bug me. About what? About um, th- the people that I've looked at in these conversations about complementarianism okay. primarily. Is pride and insecurity. Mm. <laughs> and so that's what I've seen. Um, mm-hmm. and, and y'all could have a different take on it, but here's the pride... I see manifested in in these in these leaders, in these church leaders, in these seminary leaders, in these Christian organization leadership. Uh, it's it's gross. I mean, that's I was trying to think of another word, and I just kept thinking gross. Um, I'm I'm kind of baffled at the inability for them to actually see their pride. Um, but did I mention already that this is something that? is a struggle for me. So that's, yeah. you know, um, I, I, I'm, but I'm also perplexed and, and inquisitive about the obvious insecurity that they have in their own lives to go to such a degree to prove a point. Mm. And this is why I'm like, but dang it, this is my problem too. Yeah. Um, so I see all these things and, and I would even so to the point of poor exegesis, I think they're trying to make oh. a point. I mean, that kind of insecurity, that that's what I see. And then I realized that I have a massive plank in my own eye. <laughs> so, I mean, because I think about, like, I'm, I'm gross with pride and insecurity. That can be such a thing for me. Like, one feeds the other. And just in a different area than these guys. I would say on the opposite side of it, yeah. 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 Um, so, I don't know if you're hanging. Let me... Let me just kind of read some of my notes here. Definitely one feeds the other. Sometimes I think it's, I don't know if it's called false pride, is that's the right term, but it's like to cover up insecurity. You know, you put on yeah, a false yeah, pride. Yeah, compensate for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but so like I was thinking about this. So I've, I've been doing some kind of ministry for 27 years. Um, so pretty much like right after I became a believer, like I started How old are doing you stuff. 20. So, um don't make her feel bad. Oh, I don't feel bad at all. Um, and I would say this, and 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 some of it, and some of it might have been out of ignorance, but I never struggled with insecurity in my calling. Mm, that's big. Never. Yeah. It just didn't come up. It didn't come up. And in and the last eighteen months have been really hard in that regard. Not even the first year that nope. we launched Mm-mm. it's nope. been within the last yep 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 and um and when i say that i would say that and and i'll i allowed the 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 enemy to to affect me or as our friend louis giglio has written a book i invited the enemy to sit at my table i'm just like here here's the best chair come sit in it shameless plug such a great book it i have not read it just know the title great book i've started the it. devotional that is the follow up to it okay. at the table with Jesus. Ooh. 
Okay. So good. Cannot recommend that enough. Shameless plug. Say Sorry it again. to interrupt you. I, say the title of the book. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Mm-hmm. It's a that's nice. A, that's a long title. Black and yellow book, hardcover, the utmost quality. Nice thick pages too. It's a Wildcats <laughs> color. It is Wildcats color. So I had to I had to give her my pride in that. <laughs> Did that you have matter. to do like the school thing and put like a paper bag over it and like do a different design? So do they do like, that? No. Oh, I mean used to, but no. Well, you were gonna say something. So, I don't yeah. remember. Okay, okay, yeah. So, so oh, okay. I do remember. Oh, insecurity, yeah. Uh, insecurity about your um, call yeah. or the position? Um, I think just an overall insecurity. Okay. Yeah. Not like, oh, no, am I not called? No, I've never questioned my calling. Because that, uh, that was the position. question. Yeah. Because yeah. that was the question. Yeah. But I think they're so closely intertwined, I don't know if I would be able to... to um, uh, take them apart i don't know i don't know sometimes i feel like i like i understand my call but am i at the right place Uh with my call sure not not location but like yeah right place yeah 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 you know what i mean yeah so like i get not questioning the call but then also questioning different aspects of the follow-through of the call yeah and i don't know and i don't even know if i've ever questioned like oh no should i not be a lead pastor because of my reading of scripture never I haven't ever had that mm-hmm. thing. So I think my insecurity has really come from other people questioning my calling mm. or wondering if they're questioning my calling. I don't know. I think that's where. So so I, I've invited I invited the enemy to sit at my table because um, I think when you when you know you're called and you know that God has made a way and His purpose is without a doubt evident Mm -hmm. and then you question that i mean that's just like come on come on satan come sit next to me Mm -hmm. like have one of my rolls or something like and here's (laughs) i i have allowed oh i get i didn't mean that but yeah i have a i've let i meant like a buttery hot oh i know just the whole thing yeah so i've let the pressures of ministry outweigh the absolute necessity of god and his word and his spirit to lead me and i'm not so i'm not excusing my insecurity and pride pride used to cover up insecurity um but i did and this might go off track a little bit but i'm going to share it anyway because because i want to um (laughs) is i want to share a couple things i've experienced to maybe help those because you know the 167 we want to help equip people um maybe to avoid these these mistakes uh if you experience this kind of a uh, a feeling of of attack and and a burden and I don't know. So I, I don't remember when it was. I didn't look it up. So it's maybe a month or two ago. Um, I shared. It was a post. Um, I think it. I know it was Facebook, maybe Instagram. I don't know, but it was it was through my personal post. And and you may have shared it, but it was it had some spiritual markers like a timeline. Oh, I did share this. Of, yeah, yeah. Of kind of what all had been going on since mm-hmm. like O two. Yeah. When we yeah. started the porch, and it was just these amazing moments in ministry that have led our church um, to to where we are to the point we are, and and all of it was accurate to the to the best of my knowledge. Um, and but I, here's like so even as I was I mean sitting there writing out that timeline and thinking about all that God and you know smiling and and thinking about the celebrations and just praising God, at the same time as I'm writing this, there were recollections of like the faces of people, mm-hmm. or maybe some particular minor circumstances, and even like some some heartache or hurt feelings that came to mind as well 
as, as I was looking at these markers of, wow, look at what God has done. Um, and so I don't know exactly where I'm going with this, but I feel like I'm supposed to share it. So I will. So this is what I've been thinking about in regard to why did I, what led me to saying, Hey, you know, Mephistopheles, you know, come, come sit at my table. Um, that's a, that's a real fancy word for, for the devil. Um, we didn't go through that uh, seminary. Puberty. I didn't either. I learned that from the police, um, not not the um, the sting band, not the law enforcement people, but yes, sting band. Yeah. So anyway, um, here's the deal, though. So I'm just you don't, and I am talking about myself here, but put it in your perspective, your context, listener. You don't start like form and lead a ministry from inside of a church and then grow that out of that church without there being some heartache at that separation. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm just thinking about the moments that, that I think have kind of just kind of started to open up a little, a place of insecurity and stuff for me. You don't, you don't spearhead or be the, the figurehead, if you will, of a, of a financial campaign to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars in just a couple of months time without uh, some bitter feelings about the necessity of that money, mm-hmm. which we did then. So, yeah. I mean, these are the, some markers that I'm, so I'm kind of looking at like the flip side, the, the markers of insecurity that maybe have led me to, you don't start an organization. So this can apply to anybody, but I'm thinking, and, and, and develop new leadership and new volunteers without some people feeling left out. Mm-hmm. You, 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 yeah. you know, that's just going to happen. You, you don't spread your wings as a leader without bumping into a few people and personalities as you do so. Mm, it's just, yeah. you know, that's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you don't, you don't lead through a global pandemic without absorbing the loaded questions of whether you're making the right decision and whether yeah. you really care about people sure. on every little detail. Oof. Um, you don't, we, we talked about this just a minute ago, Will. You don't minister to young, immature people, immature in life people, without being a target for some of the growing pains of their maturing process. Very true. Oof. You don't. You Oof. don't. You don't be in a place of leadership. You're going to be a bullseye for mm, something. Yeah. You don't leave a denomination without those within the denomination questioning the motivation to do so. So these are some of the things that even alongside of those markers of praise and wonderful have that I've been. And so, like I said, this is kind of a confession. I said, you're reading my mail earlier. Like it's out of that place. I feel like some of this has been birthed from, which I think is why I even asked you last night, like, should we mm-hmm. continue? Like, yeah. cause I just don't want there to be like, you know, the origin story <laughs> of all this to be uh, birthed out of insecurity and pride. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, am I making any sense? No, yeah, yeah 100%. Okay. I think it okay. it really. It now, now I feel like you're reading my mail because mm-hmm. while it might not be on this particular thing, it's so many other things that I think of, and what it all mm-hmm. I think kind of boils down to is that what I find myself guilty of most of the time is that my trust in God is not as strong as my fear of circumstance. Woo! Mm. No, no. It, in fact, it's typically much weaker, mm-hmm. and that is 
completely backwards. And like I'm sure that that was yeah. at each you know yep. crossroads or each moment, like pivotal point in the ministry that you were just talking about. I'm sure that you were sitting there right before you know that happened. That there was a lot of you know unknowns. There's a lot of questions. You know, oh, there was yeah. a bunch. Mm, or, I don't know if I'm supposed to do this. And <laughs> you got to think, but just that one time, Shannon, you've not following the spirit's guidance that us three wouldn't be sitting in this room today. Right. Right. Wow. And so, so I say, praise God. Thank you wow. for following the thank spirit's you, guidance. Lord. Thank you for being the willing vessel. Thank you, God, for using her mm-hmm. because we wouldn't be here nope. in this room that day. Mm. And I just try to think of all the things in my life where I'm like, wow, like, I put so much stock into my physical surroundings mm-hmm. and my immediate circumstance mm-hmm. that I couldn't see past that and there the blinders on to mm-hmm. see God's faithfulness and how his hand was yeah. in it the which whole time. Is, which is what we do when we're not purposely focused on him, on his word, in 100%. prayer, uh, you know, taking him in, drinking in his truth if we're just taken in the circumstances, then yeah. that's what we're going to see and what we're going to be most affected by. I mean, that's just how that works. So, yeah. you know, with these moments that I was dealing with, like coming one after the other after the other, um, built up most, I mean, I mean, that's about a three-year time frame I just kind of went through there. That's a lot in three um, years. And so when those blows kept coming over and over again, I I say I was a prime target for attack, but I I, I own that, you know, that, that's on me you know i can't be like well these things happen and then the devil got me like i have a responsibility right so but running on fumes or bottom of the barrel whatever other all the other phrases that express like spiritual exhaustion or weakness Mm -hmm. i would maybe say and it was and this is where my struggle has been like and it was from that place and maybe you guys can relate that but it was from that place of weakness that i allowed the enemy to sit at my table and i have in my notes and make himself a sandwich so there was (laughs) like just come on sit on up and you know just help yourself yourself. yeah Yeah. like you belong here yeah and so it's out of that like fatigued mindset i mean again the confession time that i've done a lot of this research that i've done a lot of this um even you know go hey let's do a special edition of this podcast because i've been saying for a long time i've got notes and notes and notes and notes and pages and pages and i was like i don't even know what to do with it and so i started to break them up into segments Mm -hmm. of and so we've been looking at them and it's like but I'll tell you that a lot of it has been on, oh, I'm going to focus on how other people are morons and they have it wrong and they are so off base. Mm. What, what about that is Jesus? Yeah. It's not. No. So, I mean, that's, that's, I, that, that onus is on me. Like that's, yeah, that, and, and all that comes from a place of uh, insecurity and pride. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's like um, using the Jesus lens to cover up our human nature. Yeah, yeah, and that's like that's dangerous. Mm, oh yeah, I that's mean, dangerous. I mean, that's Pharisaical. I mean, that's absolutely that's what that I mean. Is. Do, we, do we want to and tag Jesus' name at the end of it? Right. Yeah. Blah 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 or, blah blah blah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Or kind of like or biblical. biblical. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I could. I I am confessing that I know I could have approached this whole complementarian egalitarian thing with a different mindset a slightly different mindset but i did approach it with some bitterness and some insecurity and i'm i'm owning that and i'm repenting of that and and i want any conversation i just i'm i'm aware of it 
Mm-hmm. And I want to be aware of it and how we go forward mm-hmm. in the conversation. Um, that, you know, that may or may not come across to you, listener, um, about the bitterness and insecurity as I speak and present the info. But I, I confess that, that some of that's in my heart. So I, I want that to be gone. I need to own that before we go further in that conversation. But here's some things that I, I, I was also thinking about in regard to the whole either or thing. Like, I can't... I, <sighs> It's so hard in our mind to go, here's the problem with either or, but then it's like, it's the, it's the common lexicon of, of what we deal with. It's almost like saying night and day when the reality is, is there's like a sunset and there's a sunrise and there's like high noon. And then there's, I don't know what they call like four o'clock. High noon. I don't know what they call like four o'clock in the afternoon when it's absolutely baking you like Mm -hmm. the, you know, there's, (laughs) there's all these different times but we say night and day. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of the same thing. It's just become part of our lexicon. But here's what I know. And maybe, maybe it was just the Holy Spirit's way of trying to encourage me uh, as I just kind of like out on the page, you know, with that's my, that was mm-hmm. my audio version of here's my guts. And I just put mm-hmm. them on the page. But um, here's some things I know that will always be true. Um, I'll always be a woman. So um, no plans on that changing. So. <laughs> thankful for in, that in our current climate i know um, I, you said that while i was taking <laughs> you're like well. <laughs> always be a woman i am called and equipped for ministry mm-hmm. uh this church and other believers and ministry colleagues recognize and affirm that call um yep. until god says otherwise i will serve out my calling in ministry mm-hmm. um, some people will have opinions about my ministry many will have thoughts on how that calling is to be carried out and most will not think twice about what I can or cannot do. <laughs> that's the, These are the things that will always be true. That's the biggest point. I know, right? Is it, it is. Um, it really is. And it, it's <laughs> Most churchgoers don't care. Right. Know? And this is why I've been like, do we even want to talk about this? Oh but, and I get that, too, because you're like, are we putting too much stock in it? Well, they're not thinking right. about it in the first place. Like, yeah. It's not an issue in the front of their mind. So, like, is it necessary? Am I, I get what you're shining saying. shining a light but, on it? But then I'll say, saying. like, if, if we are equipping them to grow outside of a Sunday, grow in the 167, Yeah, they'll get there. Yeah. I mean, it's going to come up. It's going to come up because I mean, they're going to, they're, they're going to get Hey, hungry. where do you go to church? The porch. Hey, isn't that that church? Don't they have that woman pastor? No, not even that conversation. <laughs> just being, I know. I was being, just using that as an example. Like being hungry about learning more about the scripture and, and where stuff comes from comes from and i don't understand this so let me read something that explains it a little bit better yeah you know as even like digging in scripturally like hardcore you're still going to need outside resources to kind of help you understand it a little bit and and the second this kind of stuff will come up so yeah. i think i think it's important yeah, yeah I'm, most people won't care <laughs> but eventually if they're digging it'll become a question yeah yeah well, all I know is after I wrote all that stuff, I then came to Romans seven twenty four. Oh, what a wretched person I am! Who will rescue me from this body of death? That's so Calvinistic of you. Mm, I mean, I'm wretched. Kidding. Yeah, I know, I know. And the answer is verse twenty five. It's right. That's where it's at. And it's mm-hmm. thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Um, which then goes into Romans eight, and it's like therefore. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, so that was just like a little confession time, a kind of a insight into where I've been, and and just kind of, you know, you know, with these either or comments or opinions that come up, um, there's 
there's a with the topic of like male headship and compliment complementarianism or egalitarianism and you know mutual submission all those things um there's a couple things that i i found like kind of specific in those areas that i'm like man that's just bugs me so um one is the whole common the the commentary i guess you will about well men are in authority because women are the weaker vessel and like that's obvious it's like you know you're stronger than me will so therefore you know or whatever that is and i so i think about you know my husband drew and i'm like drew's physical strength you can kick his butt <laughs> absolutely not it's not an indicator to him that he is the authority over me just because he is physically stronger than mm-hmm. me as, as let me ask you this will as a man has that ever even crossed your mind what's that that I'm, because you i'm stronger sh- than a woman so i'm in charge no me which either. like i said i think we talked about that in one yeah. episode too i yeah. think a lot of that has to do with because my faith being formed so heavily by women women, the women yeah. yeah and yeah. the but, women role models i had in my life that showed me what it but looked like to have, live out and love like jesus uh, like you didn't have like a church examples of female leadership i mean my dad was a truck driver so my mom was always well the right to the yeah church yeah. and then my grandmother was a sunday school teacher oh that's right yeah i remember yeah. saying that yeah. women would like yeah i had a male lead pastor but uh-huh. i can i can it would take two hands to count the women that had yeah. impact on my faith walk so question am i off base by presenting that argument that some say because I'm physically I stronger, I don't I'm know how I don't know how relevant that, that is in 2020. That women are a weaker vessel. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. don't I don't know how relevant that is. Okay. Well, that's good because that's one of those ones that has maybe maybe that's one from you know earlier in my days that just kind of was there like like as a child kind of yeah. thing because that was definitely like even growing up in in a complementarian church, I've never been taught that women were a weaker vessel. Yeah. They just do different things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. I think you find, too, that most complementarians agree with that yeah. statement, too. Of yeah. Granted, you have your ones way far to an extreme on one side that will say, yeah. oh, well, like definitely, the, you know, man was created first, man, men are stronger, therefore women like the totali- weaker, submit to me, second. weaker, yeah. second place. Like the totalitarian complementarian, mm-hmm. I don't think most, even most complementarians would give them any credit. Yeah, so the physical strength is kind of off the board. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good, because I was thinking, like, I was thinking of scriptural examples of, like, David. I mean, he was the scrawniest. He was the youngest. He was, you know, and he slays Goliath. He Mm -hmm. becomes the king. Um, At no point is Jesus' physical strength ever mentioned. Ever. No. Um, And actually, it's uh, in Isaiah where it talks about how he wasn't even that good looking. Like, so, like... The physicality of who he was was shame. not important. Um, I think it was on purpose. I really do. Um, uh, Paul was afflicted physically. So anyway, that's just my thoughts was uh, in regard to like the physical strength of men in that regard. And and let me let me go a little bit further here because I have read and heard the argument that it's not just the physical strength, but it would be considered the emotional strength. In regard to women being emotional and therefore more emotional than men and therefore weaker, which I... Have you met Kristen? Yeah, I, I've met her. Yeah. Well, no, and I would say that just She's because, emotionally strong. Well, here's the deal. Because we emote differently mm-hmm. doesn't mean that one or the other is more emotional 
It just means we might emote differently. Mm-hmm. Like kind of like emotion the emotion mo- might be quiet and yeah. withdrawn, where Kara's might be like, uh, "No, we're gonna deal with this right now," you know, no, kind of thing. Like I would, I would say that kind of. I'm curious to see what is culturally infused in that. You can't. How do you? Yeah, t- because that that yes. sounds like a machismo like film kind of thing, right? What? Like Mm-mm. men bottle everything up. And yes. women cry. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Yes. But here's the thing. I think that society in many ways has had a huge influence in the complementarian and egalitarian conversation. Right. And I don't think so much of it is, is as biblical as they want it to be. I think the social realm has had a huge impact in this. And that, that's, what, that's one thought huge. I had when I got up last week is that I think it's more about the stuff that is being imposed in these mindsets is more culturally based than it is biblical based, no mm-hmm. matter what you call it. Mm-hmm. And that is the issue is that we're being fed cultural yes. ideals as opposed to biblical ideals. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it's clear as day. The first person that got to share the gospel was a woman, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, that there's no question that, that right. that's exactly what happened. Right. I mean, but, but Scrawny even in, David yeah, fought yeah. the really big guy. Yeah. You know? But here's the thing, and this is where I guess maybe some egalitarians would not like this me saying this if, if they're like, hang on, you're, you're cheating on us. But, like, I don't know. Am I going to regret saying this? I don't think I will. Um, I don't know how crucial it is that we have it recorded that Jesus first appeared to a woman to the overall text. I don't know if that makes such a big difference. It See, did, it's some it women probably like, oh no. But I mean, when you think about it, Jesus rose. Does it matter who he appeared to first? Like no, but, it's about, mm-hmm. if we're talking primary, it's about the fact if, that he rose. Primary doesn't matter. But if we're debating a secondary issue, sure. it did matter to me. Yeah, okay. Well, that see, that's really good because to me, like, that was never a, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not, I'm not going, I got to put it all on the fact that he, I think it's wonderful. I'm glad that it was recorded, especially when you look at the cultures of the time that were so male-centric. The fact that, that they actually wrote that and put it in there, that's wonderful. But it doesn't change anything about the message of jesus well when when you when you're told like a a male is the only one that's allowed to preach the gospel Mm -hmm. and then you go oh the first person actually get to preach the gospel was a woman (laughs) yeah yeah and you go oh Mm -hmm. yeah something's not right yeah yeah so it it did matter to me well that's i'm so so that's yeah that's important it didn't change the divinity of christ no or the fact that he rose that didn't change yeah yeah but a uh issue that you know, sometimes comes up and sometimes I struggle with it. Uh-huh. It just kind of put that to bed. Yeah, yeah. Because it because he could have easily showed up to a guy. Of course. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. So we know all scriptures like God breathed and, and inspired by inspired by the Lord. So I mean, I'm not, it could it could that could be a exactly reason the why reason. it's there, right. or it might not be. I don't know. That'll be a question for when we get to have right. it. Exactly. It's there for a reason. Because it's there we, for a reason. But what yeah. is the reason? We don't. Know. But that's beyond my knowledge. Right. Right. Because how easy would it have been for the Roman guards to have been the first yeah. people to see and then go tell? Right, but or that, for or for John to beat Peter to the tomb yeah, earlier d- and be like, hey, race you to the tomb, and and then notice it. Yeah, like you're right. That's game. <laughs> that didn't happen, 
And, you know, I think there are some things that Jesus doesn't care about, and I don't think that was one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I agree. Like, um, yeah, I'm not saying that it doesn't matter that it's written in the Bible. Uh, important. But in the in the big the big scheme of things. Um, something that's come up before, Josh, that I think um, I totally get. Uh, we had it in several episodes, many episodes ago. But you you referenced the um, the uh, I, I don't I don't know if burden's the right word, but like the the weight of um, uh, being protective mm-hmm. and yep. uh, uh, provider uh, instinct to protect and care for your wife and your daughters. Yep. Um, and um, I like I don't question that one bit at all. Like, I think that's, I think that's God given. I would, I, my own, my, my response to that would be, I have that same desire for my family, but knowing that Drew is physically stronger, I probably don't have that. I I don't have that. Like if an intruder broke in the house and Drew's home, I'm going to be like, Drew, like, you know, like, Hey, let's go. Or maybe a, Hey, let's get them together. That's probably, you know, a little bit more of my mindset, but I'm the weirdo, like in the scary movies that people watch and the person calls is like, don't go upstairs. Like I'm the one that goes upstairs. Like that's just what I do. (laughs) So, you know, like, um, and but, there's nothing wrong with that because you're going to have people on both sides that you got on one side that well yeah you better let them go face the intruder or you know you'll have some on the far extreme of the other side how dare you bow to the patriarchy and let that man do what you're <laughs> equally as capable of doing it's like we read too much into there's stuff. two adults here in the house exactly. and someone's come to do harm to somebody we're going to do our part to protect our daughter exactly if somebody's going to fight michael myers at the door yeah, i will gladly you know, run the other way and let you stay and fight yeah, <laughs> yeah. well you know kara harrell is gonna go toe to toe with someone who wants to hurt her babies yep i mean that's just the way it is mm-hmm. and you might want to watch out because if she's swinging her arms you you know might catch yep. you too. No, 100%. And so like that whole thing, that whole conversation, it's like, does that desire within you as a father or husband, um, does that, does that bring with it authority? And that's yet some of the conversation that I hear, that I read mm-hmm. with some of the, the, the side of, um, the, the kind of hardcore complementarians are like, well, no, because you have that instinct then therefore your authority. And it's like, no, that's, it's I don't see that. It's that's confusion just, of what authority is. Yes, 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 yes. And I Because would, the desire instinct is there for me too. Yeah. But I don't know. I would say I get the the weird, like, random thought in my brain. is like, I'm going to use my authority when we're disagreeing on something. Mm. And that's the only time that that ever happens. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think there is a biblical, like calling that I have a clear authority over Kara. Yeah. I just I just have this like protector and uh-huh. like responsibility to these three girls that God has entrusted me with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't feel like it's an authority. I feel like it's it's I'm an umbrella. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like, like I don't I don't I don't other than the two girls. I don't feel like I get to boss Kara around. Mm-hmm. But I'm willing to go to prison for her. Right. You right. Know? Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm willing to do anything it takes to make sure those three girls are safe, and have everything they need, and have a spiritual example to look to. Yeah. But you know what I, I, I think, and you might have alluded to this earlier. 
but it's it brings back to the example of Jesus because mm-hmm. what is your motivating factor in that? Is it because you have authority over them and therefore they are your mm. responsibility because you have that authority? Or is it because you love them that well and you love them that mm-hmm. hard? Because, and I know this, I've learned this as a father. Not, a, not I didn't learn this as a husband. I learned this as a father. Because of how much... I instinctively love those girls. Mm-hmm. You start to understand about how much God loves you and how much he like mm-hmm. pr- is trying to protect you. Now he does have ultimate authority over you, right? Mm-hmm. But it it's that protectorate and it's that wanting to be like Jesus as best I can. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. that is the responsibility that I feel. Yeah. And here's the thing like as a as a a mother especially um and maybe this is where kind of the difference lies. But again, does it change? You know, you made a good point about what's the definition of authority here that people are throwing around. Because um, I have that same exact feeling for Mallory that you just described. Um, but when I think of Drew, I think I do think him has him as partner, and we share. And so I don't feel like, you know, I don't stay up late at night going. Um, I didn't, uh, you know, I need to teach, I need to tell Drew to, you know, we need to be memorizing scripture today. Like, like that's my responsibility to do that. Like that. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if that's a good example or not, but like it, it is different. Mm-hmm. Um, but just because there's a distinction in those differences, it doesn't change definition of authority or, or make yeah. a definition of authority that mm-hmm. shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think when you go to the hard side of complementarianism, that's where some people are kind of camping out. And unfortunately, those are the voices that tend to speak on behalf of, uh, of a viewpoint that's like that, that of people that read scripture and go, I just, I just see where, you know, there is a headship and an authority, um, and and you would hope that those that feel that way are uh, in in the definition of Jesus Christ headship and Jesus Christ authority, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but you know, I think were you about to say something? Well, and like some people like to throw the word authority around. It's like, no, I'm just the one that mm. makes the big decisions. Like I can't see making a big decision I without care. Yeah, we. That's not how that goes at, at like, our house. I just um, like I get to make the small decisions. Like, am I going to McDonald's or Arby's? <laughs> like that's the decisions I make, and I don't call care about. It's not. Hey, oh, I'm well, gonna, see, we're, Drew we're totally moving. submits to my authority when it comes to if he's picking up dinner for for all of us. So, <laughs> well, well, no, I was I was just no, talking about myself. You. I know, I know, I know, I know. But I mean, <laughs> like. I don't I don't see where there can be an authority over the other yeah. spouse and it be the way God designed it. Yeah. I, I just I, I I can see how inside Would you repeat that statement please? I don't see how if it's the way God designed it, how there can be authority over another spouse. Mm, another human being that's that's of like I mean children we're 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 given that responsibility, but I, we're not with a spouse. But I, I can't—I th- can see how, like inside the marriage, mm-hmm. you do assume roles that fit best for your relationship, and then when it is—is is it based on your gender or is it based on the personality? It's and based the on the gifts that God has given okay. each of them. I like that. I'll accept that. 
And because of that, <laughs> of what God, of what God has given each of them, you lean into mm-hmm. when that gift needs to be prominent. You lean into that other spouse. Mm-hmm. Like, like when you're weak, they're strong. When exactly. you're not as gifted, right? Yeah. Yep. And and they, without a doubt. And you know, a lot of those are male and female tropes. Right. Yeah. Like, because there are some things that care just does better than. And me. then you go back to the point you made earlier. Is, yes, she is. Um, and how much of that is, uh, like, was modeled for her, mm-hmm. and so therefore she took that on, yeah. and not begrudgingly, but yeah. she just did, and so she's done that. And yeah, there's so much to hard to untangle it when you think about socially and yeah, and with faith. Like w- one of the one of the very typical male and female lines we me and Kara toe right mm-hmm. is that when we go buy a car yeah i'm the one that deals with the yeah salesperson and it's just because we've already had conversations about what what we want to do what we're willing to do and what mm-hmm. we're willing to spend mm-hmm. but i'm the one that goes toe to toe because of the cultural implications of the setting Okay, I think that you just made a point that I I would I want to ask a question about because I've heard you tell me stories about purchasing cars and and other things like financial things yeah. that you in your family, and I've always thought this when you've told me this, not about you and Kara, just when you talk about how you've dealt with it, and I've thought I wish I had that uh, that kind like I will t- I'll tend to bend a little bit. Mm-hmm. And your personality, your uh, is like no. This is what I know. This is worth. This is what I know it's going to cost. And this is how it's going to be. And this is what the contract says. And this, like, when yeah. You talk usually, about this I business, get offered a job before I leave. If Kara were gifted in that area, and like her job was to, you know, she was the, you know, getter of contracts and whatever, whatever. It'd be her. And she was better at it than mm-hmm. you. It'd be her. Yeah. But you're also, so one is about your, your gifting, mm-hmm. your ability, but you're also talking about the social construct of if you're dealing with a, 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 a male car mm-hmm. salesman that you feel like you're going to get a better deal, deal if mm-hmm. it's male to male. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's dealing with the culture, not, right. not my marriage. So there's, so there's giftings in there and culture mm-hmm. in how you deal with that situation. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's interesting. Because yeah. I'm not going to set up my wife to fail. Yeah. Right. Here's yeah. what we're paying, honey. Now go in and do your best, yeah, like, especially if she's not as like. I mean, because that's that's silly. Are we, to, are we boring you over here, Will? I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> like, while, getting advice for when I need to go <laughs> go buy a car. <laughs> He's like, I'm taking Josh with me. <laughs> hey, I, this is my life partner, Josh. <laughs> I'm here to buy a car. <laughs> a, I have the the ability. It takes me a full day to buy anything because I get up and leave three times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, that just makes me sweat a little bit. Like I'm such a middle child when it comes. Like to I walk things. in and go, "You have you've already eaten lunch, right?" <laughs> I just want to crawl out when I hear. I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" But but a because it is it is something that I am good at mm-hmm. that I wouldn't I wouldn't send my wife to do it. But also, I know she isn't great at it, right? Why, yeah. why would I do that? Sure, sure. You know? Yeah. And then there's, like, Kara has, is one of the smartest medical brains that I know. Mm-hmm. Like, why would I even step in the waters of trying to decide yeah. what is best these, for, yeah. what's best for the girls from a medical level? Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
Mm-hmm. Now we'll have discussions, and then we'll t- and I'll ask a lot of questions. Yeah. But I mean, I'm gonna defer to her. Right. If she says they need to go to the doctor, okay, we're going to the doctor. So when someone throws Galatians three twenty eight, which is they're no longer male and female, slave, Jew, uh, you know, Israelite, Gentile, all those, um, and that there's no differences. You know, a lot, and, and I've heard this from both ends, both sides of this complementary and egalitarian thing, um, that one is the argument is, well, you're saying that um, there are no distinctions between male and female anymore. I've heard hardcore complementarians say that. I've heard hardcore egalitarians say that. Now, And I, that whole, you read a quote last week about the essence, it was a Piper quote, mm-hmm. that beginning quote of there's, there's an essence to masculinity and an essence to femininity. And we all were like, agree with that. Mm-hmm. Totally agree with yeah. that. Um, for someone to say that there's no, that because it says that in the scriptures, that it means that there's no difference in the essence of male and female is it's ridiculous. I don't know if that's a very good argument to do exegetically, but I'm like, that's just ridiculous. Of course there are differences. I mean, that's how we were designed, Mm -hmm. but the design does not again say then one person is in first place and the other is in second place. And I would say that for egalitarian does not put uh, now woman should be in first because they've been in second for so long. No, that's not the point of it all. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, are you looking at, yeah, yeah, you good. Um, and so I think, um, I think there's a fear uh, it, it, that this becomes like an extreme idea, like the whole like mutuality idea of, well, suddenly you hate the word, but like now everyone's androgynous and it doesn't matter. Yeah. You don't say sir or ma'am or anything like that. And people are concerned about like a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. They're concerned of a slippery slope. And, um, you know, I, I have a difficult time with the opinion that some who might say that a mutual, a more mutual interpretation of scripture or even a society that adheres to mutuality, um, that that's what leads to extremes like the abortion rights stuff we're dealing with right now, or the gender reassignment, you know, uh, deal that's, you know, going on that, that I, I, it, it really, it really bugs me when people say, now, if they just hadn't have been talking about mutual, if, if males had, if men had been in authority all along, that this would not be a problem. And that's just, that is an argument I've heard. Well, the real argument is, is they're not dealing with the primary. No, they're, they're not. They're too wrapped they're up in the second, secondary. Yeah, yeah. So, now, you got something? No. I Just going back to, <clears throat> and also Subtil's going back to read um, Galatians 3.28. Since I butchered um, it so well. <laughs> no, um, it's it just brings me back to that you know you'll have people who both take it take it in wildly different mm-hmm. directions and mm-hmm. say oh it means this or oh it means this, and I think really you know what we've got to believe in what this is all about is that you know mm. the ground is level at the foot of the cross, and if we can't accept so that good. then. Then I I don't know what we're doing. Yeah, if it's we almost... can't ex- if we can't accept that, and like it's so like simple, um, and that is not a will quote. I heard that from somebody. Can't tell you who it was from, but not not of my own. I was going to totally give you credit. <laughs> you should get um, that tattooed on your back. Right, but I mean it's, it's so simple, but so so true that the yep. ground is level at the foot of the cross. We are all equally dependent on God. We are all mm-hmm. equally lost 
and have nothing without him. Yeah. So, it, I guess we were talking about that earlier. It just it just amazes me of the things that we choose to <laughs> to decide what constitutes us like holier than the other or like mm. in a better position than the mm. other as, as something as simple and as non-essential as like whether that be the gender of your pastor or you know like we talked about it in the last episode or first one I'm not sure but the <laughs> translation yeah. of the Bible that you use and these just non-essentials mm-hmm. that we are putting so much stock in and I don't know and I guess it just if I had just a put all of my thoughts in one thing and ironically it's the Bible I'm reading out of the Charles Stanley study Bible and like his probably like the quote that his ministry is built on and what I think of when like when Shannon when you're saying of all you know the obstacles that you've had to face and you know I'm sure the criticism that you've received with that too Josh I'm sure you've had your share of those you know just just comes to the territory of ministry, ministry yeah. mm-hmm. and stuff but the quote that I can think he just builds his entire ministry on that he's done for years and years and years and it's just obey God and leave all the consequences to him yes 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 and just yep yeah. you know opinion of man perception yeah. you who know our, our pride who cares obey God mm. and just leave all the consequences to him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think Will doesn't want to come back for any more episodes. So he's like, let's just put this. Let's, I'm going to drop all my pot bombs right <laughs> like, now. I'm done. I'm so done with this. I've got other things to do. Uh, I think something that came up actually pre-recording of this podcast we were talking was something that's really important when you even talk about complementarian egalitarian is the distinction between Christian complementarianism and just complementarianism in general, you know, which might, that might not be used outside of the Christian world, but egalitarian is definitely used a lot outside of the uh, Christian realm. I think it was kind of taken and put put into Christianity, where as most people would, the the term complementarianism was was built within the church. Mm-hmm. But but you could, I mean, you could just say patriarchy or anything Machismo, like that, yeah. right? Yeah. So the difference between what's going on in culture and what's going on in the church and and they definitely overlap um and sometimes the culture has what not some not culture has way too much influence on the church um the church does not have enough <laughs> influence on culture that's for sure mm. um <clears throat> i think as we kind of wind this down um uh you know you talk about the you you use the quote that the ground is level at the foot of the cross and i just immediately had a picture in my mind of at the olympics Mm -hmm. the platform when they get their medals and like first place is a little bit higher and then there's second place over to one side that's Mm -hmm. a little bit lower than one but then over on the other side is the third place and it's lower than two and i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say it it's gonna be horrible like but that my thought is like there there are people who think and this is gonna sound mm, but like sorry guys first place white men second place white women third place everybody else and i really think that without even maybe cognitively understanding that's a viewpoint so many people come from that place when they think about their faith yeah and we're talking about a book that came from the middle east Right, right, right. And I, so, so again, we I preface this like the first week was this. A lot of this is in like American Christianity problem for sure. Because I, I, you I, go to a lot of these other countries and they're like, who's gifted? Who's got it? Man, woman, 
you know, 11 year old, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, 90 year old, yeah. what you got, bring it kind of thing. Um, yeah. What were you gonna say? No, I, I think it's, I think it's just a culture. Uh, Christianity has been shaped by, instead of Christianity shaping culture, it has been shaped by culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and American culture. Yeah. And, and, you know, with our humanity, because of the fall, it's really difficult to go to the scriptures and not, there are so many lenses in which we view scripture. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the best thing that each of us can do is as individuals, um, and as the community of faith, as the church is to, uh, uh, as, as carefully and lovingly as possible to remove those lenses as we continue to look at the word of God to hopefully to the point where we're like, these are the eyes God has given me and I'm looking at his word now instead of, I'm going to put this lens on and this mm-hmm. lens on and well, I'm a woman and I'm this age and I'm this, this is my race. And I'm going to have this, this lens my... on until I read this verse. And right. Then I'm switch. The yeah. Lens. yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I make this amount of money. I'm in this tax bracket and I'm going to read it this way. And I just think that's how, s- I don't care who you are, John Piper or, you know, the kid next door. Like it doesn't matter. It's like from whatever, however smart you are or however big your platform is to, you know, a child like that. We're going to view things through a lens and we, we need, I think that's part of the journey of faith is to allow God to allow the Holy spirit to remove those lenses. Um, and that, that does not, that comes from a place of humility. Mm. You, you've got to be in a place of humility for that to, to really happen, mm-hmm. uh, to, to admit those things. So, I don't know where we're going now. We've been talking for a while. This is probably our longest podcast. Hour and a half. Oh, okay. Well, all right. That's that's been the actual about time we've yeah, done. Yeah. So, so sum up if you can in a sentence or two. What's the problem with either or, Josh? The biblical example doesn't exist in either or. Hmm. Okay. Jesus is in the middle. Hmm. Yeah. Will you got anything? He's like I I he, uh I mean I guess just to wrap it up or to I feel like I've said that four different times to to bring this all home like to, to bring to, it to, home to, Will to, to sum all this up. Um I mean I guess I'll just repeat myself and it's just and it's that quote like that that's been stuck with me all morning like ever since I woke up this morning. It's just the obey God and leave mm-hmm. all the consequences to him. Oof, and that yep. includes that either or thing. You know, yep. Shannon, just like you're saying, you picture that, you know, Olympic podium, yeah. one, two, and three. I feel like we see ourselves as that, as, mm-hmm. as Christians or mm-hmm. effectiveness for the kingdom, maybe, yep. and stuff like that. And Ooh. what are our qualities? It's not is what is our relationship with the Lord? What is our relationship like with his word? But it's these, again, non-essential, secondary, tertiary things that we are putting all this stock in that at the end of the day it's just that is a hill that it's not worth dying on i'm glad we could i'm glad we've uh, invested an hour and a half of our lives go and this really isn't very important so thanks for listening but it's true mm-hmm. it's true but sometimes we need to be reminded of why things aren't important exactly <laughs> we are this is so oxymoronic for well, us it, it's discussed so much and it's so secondary <laughs> at the same time uh, yeah like yeah and it's one of the things that keeps people from the church. Yeah. Mm. And I do not, which is why I think I had my confession time, I do not want to in any way, shape, or form 
do anything, say anything, portray anything in my character and my personality that would keep someone away from the church. I got to own that. Faux show. That's good stuff. Yeah. So, uh, listener, if you hang, if you hanged, if you hung in there with us uh, for this 90 or so minutes. You might need to put it at the beginning um, of this episode. Like, you. please do not operate heavy machinery while listening to this podcast. <laughs> I put you to sleep. Hopefully you had lunch yeah. already. So who knows if we'll have a part four to this conversation. I don't know. Uh, but, Will, thanks for being here. I know we're going to have you back regardless of whether we're doing a special edition or not. Um, Thank y'all I've, so much for having me. I've, I've really enjoyed this. I I've really enjoyed have. having. We've enjoyed having. Me and you've talked about it for months uh-huh. now, right? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, and and Josh and I just get tired of talking to each other. So it's always good to have I a third don't. voice. Oh, whoops! Sorry. <laughs> I, it, I told you it's <laughs> confession time. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> hey, listener, thanks for hanging with us. We love you guys. I hope that today was of some amount of benefit to you uh, in your walk with Jesus. Um, obey God. Read His Word. Walk it out. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. See you, Porch community. See you, bye. Bye. Bye now. You've been listening to the 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.